Well, how's it going, guys? Everybody doing good? You ready to hear from God? I'm ready to hear from him. I'm telling you what, how about that worship team that we have here? Man, are they not great? Outstanding, outstanding. I was outside today, that misty rain, you know, that stuff's just coming down. It's just the kind of rain, it's like you, you just want to say, all right, Lord, either rain or dry up. I mean, this is just, you know, it's just enough to give you a bad hair day. But aren't we thankful for the parking lot guys that are out there every morning doing that rain, shine, sleet, or snow. Not much sleet or snow, but we get rain or shine. We're thankful for them. And I don't know about you, I'm a bridge group leader. Um, Cassie, Joel, and their team did such a convincing job, I joined another group, okay? Because I'm like, I lead one, but I feel like I need to be in one, so I'm gonna join again. So get involved in a group, get connected. I'm telling you, it's wonderful. I was looking at Terrell up here playing, and that's the first place we met was in a bridge group. And uh, man, just an awesome, awesome place to connect and, and meet folks. I, uh, my name is Andy Stovall. For those of you who don't know me, I am the Congregational Life Pastor at the Bridge in Princeton. And every now and then, they send me around to make sure that everybody else knows I still work for the Bridge. So, um, but... <laughs> But it is an honor, uh, seriously, it is an honor to be with you today. It's always such a, such an honor uh, to stand in this place and just share with you. So we're going to jump right in. Uh, we've been in a sermon series called Sound On, Hearing the Voice of God. How many of you would agree that it's important to be tuned in to God's voice? How many of you would agree that there are a lot of voices out there that are saying a whole lot of conflicting things in our life. There's a lot, isn't there? And so what we want to do is we want to be tuned in to God and what he has to say for us. There are, there are airwaves all around us. There's, there's stuff we can't even see floating through the air here. That's how you're able to get connected on Wi-Fi. By the way, if you do want to follow me in the notes today, all you have to do is go to the Bridge NC app, click on uh, the Bridge Goldsboro, and the notes for the sermon are there this morning. So you can check into that. I'd encourage you to do that. That way it'll make it easy for you to follow along. Um, but there are shortwave airwaves. There are AM and FM airwaves. Anybody ever deal with sound in these uh, cordless microphones? How many of you know that, that, that the, um, the frequencies that you're able to receive in a, in a microphone have shrunk tremendously? I mean, they, there's less and less and less. Do you know why that is? Because that thing in your pocket, all right? Because the cell phones' frequencies have diminished greatly, and so it's it's very very difficult. So all you sound guys, you know what I'm talking about. But there are voices all around us, and to hear them, we need the proper receiver. And so what we're looking at today is how to hear from God. This uh, really the subtitle of this sermon is: Did I just hear from God? Or maybe did I just eat a little too much pizza last night, all right? I don't know. Which one was it? But there are many sources of impressions that we get that we hear from. One is ourself. Anybody, anybody ever go to a car lot and look at a new car? Anybody ever go to a car lot and look at a car you couldn't afford and sit in it? Man, it smells good, doesn't it? <laughs> Sits good, drives good. 
It's new. Of course, it sits good and drives good. And, all, and how many of you, and don't raise your hand, have walked away from that car lot? Well, actually, you didn't. You had the keys to that car in your pocket, and you got in it, cranked it, and went home, and you really couldn't afford it. We hear voices from ourselves, and a lot of times, they lead us astray. We have um, impressions from God. We get impressions from God. The Bible says in Job 33, 14, for God does speak now one way, now another, though man may not perceive it. And what he's saying there is, uh, he speaks to us once, he may speak to us twice, but we may not hear the voice of God. Another impression that we get is from the enemy. He says, hey, that's a good idea. Why don't you go do that? You're one click away from something you know you shouldn't be on, but nobody's around. You're by yourself. Who needs to worry about integrity in this moment? Do what makes you happy. I know none of you have ever heard that voice. I've heard that voice before on different occasions in my life growing up, and I'm sure that you have too. And 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen says, Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Sometimes he tells us things. It's clear we know we shouldn't do them. Sometimes it's not so clear. Sometimes we're like, well, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a, not such a bad thing. Maybe I can do that. See, we're faced with choices every day, guys. Choices every day. Every day that you wake up, when your feet hit the floor, you have choices to make throughout that day. You're gonna make good ones. You're gonna make bad ones. Sometimes you're not gonna make any choice, and that's making a choice as well, isn't it? Avoiding making that decision. But oftentimes we find ourselves in circumstances and situations because of choices that we have made. Have you ever talked to someone who blamed everybody around them but themselves? They looked all around and said, well, if that hadn't happened and this hadn't happened and if you hadn't have done that to me, Dave, then I wouldn't be in the shape that I'm in. When we're unwilling to look at ourselves, and, and I'll tell you, one of the things that I, I promise everybody that ever comes and talks to me uh, as, as a counselor at the church, I always look at them and say, I'm going to be honest with you. I might even make you angry, and it's not because I'm perfect and not because I have everything together, but I'm going to tell you the truth because it doesn't do any good if I'm dishonest with you. But oftentimes I have to look at people and say, where you're at right now, what you're going through right now is a direct result of choices that you've made. And I would go even a step further today as we're looking at these filters that God would have us go through. I would take a step further and say that oftentimes we're in the circumstances and situations that we're in because we didn't use a filter. We just were confronted with something and we said, man, I'm going to react to that. Anybody ever got honked at on the highway? Did you run your response through a filter? I was in the Bronx, in New York City, driving. They love to honk at you up there. I don't like getting honked at. And they start honking at me. Well, 
I didn't run it through a filter, so I honked back. I'm just saying, hey, being neighborly, you know. Figure that's the language they speak. My daughter, who lived up there for five years, said, Dad, you can't do that. You don't honk at people in the Bronx. And I said, well, they honk at me, you know. I didn't run it through the filter. But we have to run those things through a filter and see what God is saying and how he is speaking to us. And we're going to jump down. I'm going to skip a couple of things, guys, just so you know. I want to go right to the seven filters. There are seven tests from Scripture that I want us to look at today that you can use with confidence. And if you run circumstances or situations or questions that arise in your life through these filters, I believe that you're going to make a solid, sound, godly decision based on running it through that thing. You're either going to say yes or you're going to say no, okay? But it'll give you an idea of what you need to do next. So, first filter that we run everything in life through, everything, is does the Bible agree? Or does it agree? with the Bible, is what I'm hearing, is the voice that I'm hearing agree with the Word of God. We are so guilty of taking the Bible and saying, fit my life. I want to take this thing, and I'm going to skip and dip, and I'm going I'm to drag a scripture from here and a scripture from there. We're going to avoid that one, because I kind of still like to walk in rebellion in that deal. But everything else, I'm good. Everything else, I'm going to do. And so what we have to do is run it through the filter and say, God, what do you say about that? And not ask the question, God, how can this Bible fit my life? But how do I need to adjust my life to fit what your word is teaching me? Luke 21, 33 says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. In fact, it even says in Galatians 1.8, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. Another translation of the Bible says, let him be under God's curse. If we teach a Bible other than God's holy word. And let me, let me say this to you. Ever... If you ever hear from this stage anything contradictory to God's word, you call us on it because it's all about him and it's all about Jesus. I know you're not going to hear that from Pastor Ryan. You're not going to hear that from me. But if you ever see anything like that, man, you run everything you hear and everything that is said through the filter of God's word, okay? If we do that, we know we're going to be in good standing. We know we're going to be okay. Um, and see, when we don't do that, and we just buy what people say hook, line, and sinker, uh, modern-day cults all around us have started from doing this very thing. Somebody swaying just a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, getting off base and saying, start following me and trusting me and do what I says and the, or what I say. And the minute somebody questions that, they get their head bit off. For instance, the Bible says clearly, abstain from fornication. So, if we think, well, man, you know, fornication can't be wrong. It's something, that, something that, that's that great. That can't be bad. How can God 
be against that. I mean, I know most of my life it's been wrong, but right now in this, y'all don't know what I've been going through. Y'all don't know the pressure I've been under in my life. And this is just, God, this can't be wrong. Have you ever heard anybody rationalize their sin that way? Or, or family is a priority, but I, man, I'm going to take this job. It's going to give me more money, but I'm going to have to pretty much completely abandon my family to do it. That may not be from God. Maintaining my integrity is a big idea. But it's not that big a deal. You know, they owe me at the office. So if I take a little bit off the top, or I bring a few reams of paper home and run it through my copy machine for some personal stuff, I put a lot of time in there. I'm on salary. They use me like a rented mule, okay? That ain't from God, okay? We run it through the 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 filter of God's word. That's the first filter that we use. And one of the great ways that you can do that, and this is just a little commercial for something that you're going to get today on your way out, is uh, we have this, um, this uh, bookmark. And it is uh, unmuting God's voice, sound on, and it is a reminder to plug in to the Bridge NC app and get involved in our reading plan. We have a Bible reading plan. I hope that you have started that. It's still January. It's plenty early. You can get involved. You can get in. Start reading the Word. Pick that up and do that. We can't know what God has to say about a particular issue if we're not in the Word receiving from Him every single day the truth that He has for us. What you get here isn't enough. This is an encouragement for you to go out. It's, it's, it's giving us some direction and it gives us that camaraderie that, that Joel was talking about, us coming together and being able to share with one another. But if you're just eating one time a week, you're anemic, okay? We gotta get in his word so we know what the Bible has to say about these things. Second filter that I want us to look at is does it make me more like Jesus? Does it make me more like Jesus? Is the thing that I'm being confronted with, the decision that I have to make, is it going to make me more like Jesus or not? Am I going to reflect him? 2 Corinthians 10, 5, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. If there's something that you're doing and you're having to do this deal right here before you do it, make sure nobody's looking, get over here. That ain't from God. All right? If it makes us more like Jesus, then we can do that thing. So um, James chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. If you harbor bitter envy, selfish ambition, such wisdom doesn't come from God, but is of the devil. The wisdom that comes from God is pure peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, impartial, and sincere. The goal is for us to reflect and look like Jesus. We've been created for that. Romans teaches us that. We have been created to be conformed into his image. So, if, a, if an idea or a thought comes into my mind and, and I'm harboring or it, it causes bitterness or, or envy to come up and well up in me, that ain't from God. 
If I think of that thing and it involves selfish ambition, instant gratification, or I'm being manipulative to get something that I want, that isn't from God. God wants us to walk in purity and in, in peace loving, in a peace loving manner, to be considerate and submissive, and all of those things that He's called us to do. That is a filter that we run it through. Here's the third filter Does my church family confirm it? Does my church family confirm it? Do they say, Yeah, man, I can see that in you? You know, another reason groups are important somebody's able to speak into your life. You're going to get to know somebody on a level that allows you to really connect. And they, they know who you are. They find out um, leadership ability that you have, wisdom that you have, life experience that you have. And they can help you and point you in a direction and say, man, that right there would be a perfect fit. I don't know the journey that uh, Joel and Pastor Ryan have been on. I know it hasn't been a super long one, but it was identified quick. This guy's got some ability. He loves groups. Man, it just made me go into my high-pitched voice, all right? <laughs> Y'all went, I mean, it, it's high-pitched voice worthy when you go from seven groups last semester to 14 groups in one semester. Y'all ain't got no excuse now. You cannot come to church here and say, I don't know anybody. You got every opportunity to get to know it. And, and look, I want to encourage you to do that. Get in a group because it allows people to get to know you. It allows people to connect with you and they can encourage you in your walk to unleash that natural God-given giftedness that he has placed within you. Sometimes we just need somebody. Yes, the vertical relationship is the most important relationship, but we need each other. This horizontal relationship is important. And I need you speaking into my life. I need my friends uh, coming alongside me at times and encouraging me. And I need to do the same for them. Ephesians 3.10 says, His, God's intent, is that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. Through the church, he wants his wisdom to be made known. When we're walking with God, we're able to give godly counsel. When we're in the word and we're reflecting Jesus, we can give godly counsel because we know what the word of God is says. God speaks to the church. He speaks through the church. He speaks to his body, not just to individuals. So there are going to be people that come alongside you. I've had people do it to me in my life. They've come alongside me, put their arm around me, and Chad, they love me, but they told me the truth. How many of you know, I, I, I preached a funeral recently, and um. And the family was telling me about their loved one and they said it was about their mom. They said, my mom was fair and loving. Fair, it might have been loving and fair. And I looked at them when they said that and I said, and that fairness didn't always feel like love, did it? Somebody that's truthful to you, it doesn't always feel like they love you, but they do. It's loving to be truthful. It's loving to be honest, it's loving to look at someone and say, hey man, I think that might be off base just a little bit. I had a guy tell me one time, 
I mean, we were sitting in my office one day and, and he, was, he was talking to me uh, about, about things that he had going on and, and, um, and he was just really struggling and he looked at me and it was as, as sincere as he could possibly be. He said, preacher, I just want to tell you something, man. I, I've been trying to get closer to God and, I, and I'm wanting to, to, to dive deep into my relationship with God. And when I smoke marijuana, I hear the voice of God so clearly. And I went. Y'all got a, y'all, somebody got a camera in here, don't they? That's somebody, y'all messing with me. He was as serious as he could be. But, and look, here's the thing. He had so convinced himself that that was a reality He had heard this voice, not the voice of God, the voice of the enemy that wanted to lead him astray and said, hey man, you just do what you do. And everybody, uh, there, there are so many different ways to heaven. So many different ways to God. You just pick your way. Now, if we're in the Bible, And we're doing this thing daily. We're using our bookmark to keep our place because we're reading it every day. What do we find out about the way to the Father? How many ways are there to the Father? There's only one. And it's through who? The Son. It's through the Son. Thankfully, though, he came to somebody who would look at him and say, you know what? I don't think that's right. I don't think that's a good thing. I mean, I, you know, you would assume that you would know that, but you know what? You're in a, in a place right now where maybe you can't hear that. So I, I believe God has brought you here today for me to put my arm around you and love you enough to say, yeah, that's probably not, that's probably not a good theology, not a good place to land, all right? And so... So we want to give that. We want to be the church and love people enough. Now, what I didn't do was beat him down and badger him. Because I got my stuff. You got your stuff. You know? We, we, we tend to, to kind of look down our nose at folks and say, oh, well, they got that going on and they got that. Man, you got your stuff. Everybody, all God's people got junk, you know? And uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you something. I've had people tell me before, they walk into the sanctuary and they, and they look around and, and they leave and, and maybe I don't see them in two or three weeks and I call them up and they say, Pastor, I, I, you know, I'd, I'd come back, but I, I saw a couple people I, I, I'm familiar with and I know them and I, I just feel like they know what's going on. You ever been in church like that? You ever been in a place in your life where you walked in and you're like, man, they know. They just, they know. And here's what I said to the guy. I said, listen. I said, if Jesus gave you five seconds to look around the room and know everything going on in the life of every person sitting there, not only would you shudder, but you'd go, all right, God, I'm good. I am welcome here. I ain't got no worries being up in this place, you know? I've told people before, listen, if you knew everything that God knew about me, you wouldn't even be sitting here this morning. If I knew everything God knew about you, I wouldn't have let you in. So, <clears throat> number four, 
Is it consistent with how God shaped me? Is it consistent with how God has shaped me? Now, we spent five weeks last year talking about our niche. Y'all remember that video? I say niche. They just made me say niche. So, <laughs> but, but we, we spent all that time talking about a niche. How has God shaped me? How has he created me? Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship created for Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Even before we were born, God had a niche planned for you. He had a purpose plan for you. See, the myth is that God isn't fun, that, that when we come to Christ, all the good stuff, all the fun stuff is taken away, all of our enjoyment. But the reality is when you do what you enjoy, man, that's something God gave you. I, I, there are a lot of things I love. I'm a very relational leader, okay, which drives all the administrative people that I work with absolutely crazy. Because relational people typically are not very organizational, okay? Um, I got piles of stuff in my office. Don't mess with them because I know what's in those piles, all right? Don't throw them away. If you clean my office, I will be lost for a week, all right? <clears throat> but God has created me to be relational. I love people. I love connecting. I love going and getting gas at the gas station because I get to meet people. I get to make a friend after spending $35, you know, and uh, on a good day. Um, but God's given you a niche. He's, Romans 12, 6 says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So what is your gift? What is that thing you love to do? You know, as it relates to groups, one of the things that I really enjoy is... Um, is I, I'm, I'm kind of a, a, a hunter and a very little hunter anymore. But, but, I, but I like to, to go to the range and to shoot and to do stuff like that. And, and so I got to thinking, Joel, I said, you know, I've always, I, I never have enough time to do that. How can I build some time into my, into my week and also enjoy the fellowship of some other people who love Jesus and love maybe the same hobby that I have. I started a group called Straight Shooters, and we have had a ball. Um, we do Bible study. I've tried to keep it to an hour and a half, but I found out you can't do all that in an hour and a half. So, um, but I, that was one of my niches, and it was one of the things that I enjoyed to do, and it was a way that I could connect with other men and women of God. It's an open, it's a mixed group. I was going to do a men's group. How, how weird of me, right? Um, it's like, I'm going to have, I, I, you know, I don't think any ladies would enjoy that. And I, I was telling a guy about it, and he said, man, my wife would love to do that. Why is it just a men's group? I said, very well, not a men's group anymore. So it's a mixed group. Uh, you have a niche. You have a, 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 there's a shape that God has put in you and he has given you and, and he wants you to do that. But we have to be true to how we've been shaped. We have to be true to who God has made us to be. I can't be. I can't be Pastor Ryan. I can't be Pastor Jim. I can't be Pastor Allen. Um, I came here 25 years ago. Pastor Farrell Hardison was here at that time, and I was, I was the first staff member they had at the church. And man, 
We got some good preachers here at the church. I couldn't look at any of them and say, I've got to preach just like they do. I got to be me. I can't walk out today and quit and say, you know what? I, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I want to I do something different. I, I just want to, I think, I, I tell you what, I want to go put up cell phone towers. All right? Let me go ahead and tell you something. Putting up cell phone towers would not be my niche. This is high for me, okay? This is way up. I don't like high. I like to say, the Bible says, lo, I am with you always, even <laughs> until the end of the end. Amen? That's, I, I took that to heart. I don't get up high unless I have to, all right? So that wouldn't be smart, but I've got to follow that niche, that thing that God has created me to be. Billy Graham lived his life being true to who he was. He's a great example of this. Do you know he was offered a cabinet position one time and he turned it down? And this is why. He said, I was created to be an evangelist. And he was true to that. And Satan, by the way, if he can't sidetrack you that way, the next thing he'll tempt you to do is he'll tempt you to do more than you need to be doing. You know, when you get to do what you love, you just see other things that are kind of like the thing you love to do. It's like, man, I want to do that, and 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 I want to do that. You got to pick one or two things. Nobody does seven things well. Nobody. They don't. You may have the capacity to do all seven, but you got to pick one or two so that you can be excellent at that. Otherwise, you're going to be mediocre at all of them and you're going to leave a wake of carnage behind you. Fifth, fifth filter. Does it concern my responsibility? This is actually more of how we respond to a test than it, than it is actually running it through. The example is in John 21. Uh, Jesus basically tells Peter that he's going to die by way of crucifixion. He says, this is how you're going to die. And this is what Peter asked him. He said, well, what about John? How's he going to die? You ever done that? Anybody got siblings in here? You ever get in trouble together? Mom and daddy come up and they say, well, this is what, this is what you're going to get. And, and, and this is the punishment. I'm going to, you know, take the keys or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. As, as I got older, when I was younger, we, I just did the dance, you know. Just, whoo, whoo, daddy, daddy held my arm and I just went in circles, you know. I just... <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know how you grew up, but I grew up around hickory sticks or switches, and, 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 and that little calf was a, a favorite spot. And my dad didn't do it very often. I can't count on one hand the number of times he did it because I'm a fast learner. I didn't like that. I didn't like it. But you know what I learned real quick? When daddy was about to punish me, I learned real early in life not to ask, well, what about my brother? He was doing it too. You worry about you, boy. Matter of fact, you're so interested in what he's going to get, I might give you his too. <laughs> Does it concern my responsibility? And Jesus said to John, what is it to you? What is it to you what happens to John? You focus on you. We like to say here, and I'm sure that you've said this before too, stay in your lane, all right? It's right here. You go swerving all around here, ain't putting a blinker on, you running people out. Get in your lane and stay in it. This is the place that God wants you to be. Stay in your lane. If he wants you there, 
you will be invited there. You will be asked there. But don't just willy-nilly go swerving around because here's the thing. You may think that you can be a help and an asset to somebody and the reality is you may not be prepared to give them what they need because you have yet gained that uh, insight and wisdom to give them what they need. Romans 14 says, we will all be judged one day, not by each other's standards or even our own, but by the judgment of God. It is to God alone that we shall have to answer for our actions. I had to have a conversation with one of my children. I have four children, and I know you're going to find this very difficult to believe, but I have four children from the ages of 16 to 23 years old. My 23-year-old will be 24 in a month and a half. So just, you know, I'm, I'm a really, really, really young daddy, okay? <laughs> I'll be 36 this year. <laughs> but I told her one time, I had to correct her about something that was going on in her life, and I told her, I said, I'm gonna tell you something right now. I said, the decisions that you make as an, an adult, they're gonna follow you. I said, but your faith is your faith. You can't ride on daddy's coattails or mama's coattails. You're not gonna stand before Jesus beside me. You're gonna stand before Jesus alone. I preached to you your whole young adult life. I'm not preaching to you anymore. You know the truth. And do you know, that worked so much better than me just going, you're gonna do what I say. How many of you parents of, of young adults know that the way you parent uh, a 17, 18, 19, and young 20-something is very, very different than the way you parent a 10-year-old? 10-year-old, I can look at them and go, hey, you gonna do that? And they're like, yeah, all right. Ice cream involved? I'm good. I'll do what you say. Doesn't work when they're young adults. Doesn't work on you, does it? So the way we do that, the way we, we respond to people is very important. And it's important that we understand we're gonna stand before God for every action and reaction that we have. So that filter, does it concern my responsibility? Very important. Number six, is it convicting rather than condemning? And a lot of people have a problem understanding the difference between conviction and, and condemnation. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. See, conviction is God pointing sin out in our life. He points it out, we repent of our sin, he forgives us of our sin, we grow and move on. Condemnation, Satan accuses. We feel worthless, like we're a failure. Oh, I've messed up again. I've blown it again. We feel defeated and unworthy, and we're ready to quit. If you still feel guilty about something that you've confessed, you've gotten right before God, and you've turned away from, and you are walking with God in, but you still feel beat down about that thing, that ain't God. The enemy wants you in that place. He wants you to feel beat down and, and battered and wounded. That's what he wants. Don't buy into that. And then number seven, do I sense God's peace? This is so big. 
Do you sense the peace of God about this? 1 Corinthians 14, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. He is not the author of confusion. He is the author of peace. See, if you feel pressured in this life, and, and a lot of times we do, we feel pressured to make decisions. We feel pressured. We, well, man, I, 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 got, I, I need an answer right now. Anybody ever asked you to do something and they said, look, uh, I, I'm gonna ask you if you can help me out or do this or do that, but I need to know something by five o'clock today, all right? It's the reason I don't like going to a car lot. I don't like going to a car lot because I don't like being pressured into a decision. Nowhere in the Bible does it say rush into decisions. In fact, 43 times in Scripture, it says, be patient. Be patient and wait on the Lord. Do I have peace about it? See, Satan drives us compulsively, but the Holy Spirit draws us gently. Philippians 4, 7 says, The peace of God which passeth understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. The peace of God. So, I hope you will apply these filters to your life. When you leave today, you're going to get this booklet. And uh, it's the one that I just mentioned earlier. Did I hear from God? Or did I just eat too much pizza? It's by Dr. Jim Wall, um, our senior pastor and our location pastor in Princeton. But I pray that you will take this and that you will run the decisions of your life through these filters. Because you may, you may pass through five of the filters and everything be great, but there are two that you didn't meet the qualifications of. And if they don't meet it, you need, to, you need to take a step back. You need to pause and say, hold on now. Why is it not meeting all of these? I, I, I hear this and I'm seeing that and I'm seeing that. But man, I, I just don't have a peace about it. And I really, I mean, if I'm really honest, I, I really can't find anywhere in the Bible that says that's a good idea. Then you don't do it. Our heart for you this year is that you will hear the voice of God. There are far too many people, guys, listening to all of the voices around them. Far too many people looking for a voice that will affirm a direction that they want to go in individually. And they're completely ignoring and avoiding the voice of God. Many of you already know what his voice sounds like. But some of you that are here today, you're thinking, man, that, that's great, Pastor. And I, I hear you, you know, and I, I understand that, that the whole idea of these filters and why they're important, but I just gotta tell you, I just really don't know if I've ever heard the voice of God. Maybe you've not heard his voice because you've been so distracted and so conflicted with everything going on around you and you've never really made a decision to follow Jesus. 
See, there are a lot of people who say, yeah, man, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Christ follower. I'm, I'm, I'm walking with God. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But their lifestyle and the way that they're living, everything they're doing in life contradicts that. They're saying they're walking with God when really the only thing they're doing is taking a walk. And they're alone and they're frustrated and they're conflicted and they're tired. And God is saying, come to me, all of you who are weak, who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me, upon you, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Some of you here today, God is saying, it's time to lay some stuff down at the foot of the cross. You can't hear the voice of God because you're carrying a bunch of stuff that is getting in the way of his word and his wisdom impacting you, getting to you. You gotta lay that stuff down. There's stuff you're carrying. And listen, you got great intentions in carrying them. And maybe you're a control freak because you're carrying them. But you feel like nobody can do this but me. And God is saying right now in this moment, it's time to put that stuff down. To put it at the feet of the cross. And to trust me with it. I want you to run that word through that filter right now. Is that the voice of God speaking to you? Is that where you're at today? Are you at a place in your life where if you're really brutally honest, you have to look at your own life and your own heart and say, you know what? I never really have made a decision to follow Christ. I've gone to church a long time. There are a lot of people that think I know Jesus. I don't want to disappoint my mom and dad. I was raised in this stuff. But you know, I'm not right. And I need to surrender. Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard this message. And you know that you know today. It's time to follow him. Would you bow your heads with me? As we go to the Lord in prayer. God, we look to you today. We acknowledge our need for you. Thank you for these filters that we're able to run the stuff of life through to discern whether it's you, Lord, or, or it's, it's the enemy or maybe even our own flesh that just wants something. But God, in this moment, I pray that we would run this decision through those filters and look with honest eyes and say, God, I need to acknowledge there are some things I need to get right with you. I'm stuck. I'm stuck in my marriage. I'm stuck in my finances. I'm stuck as a parent because 
there's some stuff I've been holding on to. I got to let go of God and I got to trust you in. I'm stuck because there are some changes that need to take place in my life and I haven't been willing to make those changes. Today, I'm going to change. God, I pray that right now in this moment, we would say yes to you. That we would follow you with our whole heart. And then if we've been carrying things, if we've been listening to all these voices that are not the voice of God, and we recognize that here today, and today we would say, Lord, I hear your voice, and I'm going to heed it, God. I hear the invitation. You're drawing me to yourself right now. And I say, yes. If that's you this morning, if you would say yes to him this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just indicate that? Would you take that step of faith? I'm not gonna have you come up to the, to the front here and, and stand in front of everybody, but if you would say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna heed the voice of God this morning in my life, would you just lift your hand right where you are and say yes I'm going to heed your voice. I'm going to hear your voice. I'm going to trust your voice. I see those hands. God, thank you for the work you're doing in our life. Change us, make us more like you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.